0: You're clean, aren't you? Except for your tower. You're a tower junkie, Roland.
1: Hello, and welcome to Tower Junkies, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. Tower Junkies is a podcast celebrating the work of Stephen King with an occasional focus on his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series. We discuss the themes, characters, and mythology of the series in palaver episodes and review the books and comic series in Kef episodes. We also discuss non-Tower King novels, TV and film adaptations of King's work, and the latest news about all things that serve the King. You can find more of our work at towerjunkiespod.com. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com towerjunkiespod and follow us on every level of social media, which by that I mean... Twitter and Instagram um, at Tower Junkies pod. Um, and if you'd like to support what we do here, you can become a patron at patreoncom slash obsessive viewer, which covers all three of the podcasts that we hosts. Um, basically if you pay, if you, if you pledge $1 per month, you get access to exclusive B roll episodes that we, we record before each episode recording where we just kind of bullshit and talk and everything. Uh, sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's entertaining. Um, anyway, uh, that's a, terrible way to sell Good it so thank you um, <laughs> uh, for two dollars a month you get that plus um exclusive tv uh, reviews and reaction video or reaction recordings um i do weekly reviews uh, weekly of uh, lisey <laughs> story loki i've done reviews of rutherford Falls season one superstore the complete series and uh i'll be doing what if uh, marvel's sh- show uh next month and then also if you are If you choose to pledge $5 per month, you get all of what I've said before, plus movie commentary tracks that I record, um, you know, uh, infrequently. And then finally, at $10 a month, you get all of that, plus early access to podcast episodes and previously unreleased content. Uh, We have had our... uh, I I posted our... um, previous episode of the podcast a few days in advance on patreon for ten dollars um yeah so i mean it, it's up there so cool yeah so that's patreon patreon.com slash obsessive viewer and uh i am your host matt hurt and with me today as usual i'm one of your hosts matt hurt i always forget to make that distinction <laughs> sorry tiny <laughs> it's okay. um uh, and with me today is tiny how's it going tiny yellow it's good hi good 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 um yeah pizza is uh pizza check-in is that she is chewing the storage thing that I have hanging on the door she is um yeah it's really creepy because uh, I'll leave my door open for, to my bedroom um and like I'll just be laying in bed or I'll be sitting on the couch no no no, no I'll be sitting in my room because the, the way the door is um and she'll like she'll do that she'll like jump up onto the little uh, container thing and it'll just slowly close the door <laughs> oh god it's like it's kind of creepy but it's yeah funny. for real yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, hopefully that doesn't cause a bowel obstruction. So, <laughs> um today on the podcast, guys, we I'm I'm very excited for this episode because we are uh reviewing the final two episodes of Apple TV Plus's adaptation of the novel Lisey's story. So, today we're going to be discussing um No Light, No Spark, and Lisey's Story, the final two episodes of Lisey's Story. Each episode premiered, uh, respectively, on Apple TV Plus on July 9th and July 16th. Um, So, yeah. So, we have watched them, and we are going to get this episode posted as soon as the finale airs, which I'm excited about as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. So tiny. Um. Before we get into the reviews and everything, uh, Stephen King news and check-ins.
2: Yeah, we were just here.
1: We were just here. We literally just recorded episode sixty-four. Uh, two days ago, forty-eight hours ago. Mm-hmm. Um, any check-ins? <laughs> Have you listened to any more of Needful Things?
2: I haven't actually. Nice. Me just... neither. Weirdly enough. Yeah, I've been working locally, so I haven't really uh... had a long drive or anything. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I will get back up on it uh in the next few days i think um i'm actually excited because i got new i ordered new wireless headphones uh for work oh sweet yeah well yeah um i'm excited about it but also hesitant because i've had bad experience with cheap ones yeah but also it's just it's annoying to me because i the earbuds that i had were like the like the ones that came with the phone and they worked fine they worked great Mm -hmm. um and then it seems to do this. Like this seems to happen with earbuds all the time with me. But maybe this is maybe this is actually a medical condition. <laughs> but um <laughs> suddenly like one of them 9 times out of 10 it's the right earbud uh-huh. will get like incredibly low. Like like it, it'll start to lose the audio. Huh. Like and so it's like it's it's frustrating. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So
2: I recently got some new earbuds too. Oh, nice. I have the um Oh, I don't know what, how you describe them, but it's like a like a little thing that like lay, lays on your neck, and then uh, they're on a cord, and they you put them in mm-hmm. that way. I don't know how to explain it really, or if like <laughs> there's a be, term for those. I don't know.
1: I was gonna be a dick and say you just described headphones. Today. <laughs> <laughs> you put these things on your well,
2: ears, and there's a cord. <laughs> no, they're like a because it's for it's for like a microphone for your phones as well. Okay, and so like that's the microphone part. It's the thing that like hangs around your neck. Okay, and then there's a cord that the earbuds are attached to that. And then you can take those off and just let them hang or you can put them in. Oh, gotcha. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but, uh,
1: okay. I think I'm, I'm putting, I'm picking up what you're putting down.
2: Gotcha. So um, I used to have yeah. a version of those and it was like, I got like cheap ones mm. that were like 25 bucks. Yeah. And they, and like, I want them for making phone calls cause I'm on the phone a lot at work. Oh yeah. Um, and so I couldn't use it cause like I, the first day I got them, I made several calls and everybody was like, I, I can't hear you. I oh, don't know geez. what you're saying. And so I was like, well shit, I guess I can't use them for this. Right. Uh, and then I'll use them oh. for music and shit like that podcast while I'm working sometimes. Um, and so I finally sprung for new ones and I spent like $55 on like some good ones. Nice. And I should have done that from the get-go. Oh, yeah. Because as far as being at work, it's so much better because I can, like I work with my hands. And if right. I, I'm sitting there holding something or doing mm-hmm. something with my hands and my phone rings, it's annoying because yeah. I have to stop what I'm doing, try to hold the phone, put the phone on speaker. Mm-hmm. That's not always a good idea because there's people around. Right. And so this way I just throw in my earbud and hit the button and I'm just like, hey, hello. Mm-hmm. And it's so much better. What? No, no, I was just—you're laughing at me.
1: No, no, I'm not laughing at you. That's great. I, I was just—I had this idea. I just, I just came up with this idea <laughs> that I think would be really fun to do for like an April Fool's episode. <laughs> like, what if we? And this, this is gonna sound like a backhanded, um, <laughs> like insult, but what if we did a an April Fool's episode on one of the podcasts or all of them? I don't know where we say like okay on this episode we're going to be talking about um uh the Colorado Kid by Stephen King and then <laughs> the the literally the entire episode would be us just getting on tangents and never talking about the book. <laughs> I feel
2: like you've had that idea before. Probably. Yeah. Uh
1: I've had that idea before. I've accidentally done that before. <laughs> it's a fine line. Right, right. Um <laughs> But the, and then just never call attention to it. Just say yeah, like, oh, right. we've run out of time. All right. See that was our review. apologies to Colorado Kid. That was yeah,
2: our <laughs> <laughs> Funny. So dumb. But anyways, yeah. but yeah. It's, it's much better to buy the nicer stuff because it actually nice. works a lot better. So it's been a game changer.
1: Nice. Yeah. The headphones that I ordered, they're coming in tomorrow. I think they're only like 40 bucks. Oh, well, that's not bad. It's <laughs> not bad.
2: Cheap is like... 20, 25 dollars. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, those are the ones that I had and they, they sucked.
1: The ALEC Bluetooth earbud headphones were that. Gotcha. I spent 15 bucks. Oh, cause, yeah. Yeah. Cause I was like, well, okay, I can spend a lot of money on one set of, um, no, like relatively a lot of money on a set of wireless, like Bluetooth headphones. Um, or, I can get two of these super cheap ones, <laughs> so that I can constantly have one of them fully charged. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and yeah, that did not work out that well.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. Yep. So yep. mine are Anchor A N K E R. Okay. Yeah. Really good electronics brand.
1: Nice. Their
2: I, uh, their phone chargers and like co- charging cords are all I buy. Yes. Okay. They're really good because I I remembered I
1: I know that I know that brand name and then I just remembered that it. Uh, because I was very obsessed with making sure I had enough battery power on my phones. Yeah. Uh, so like my like spare batteries when I had removable batteries. Yeah. <laughs> on my phones were like Anchor. Okay.
2: Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I their all their stuff is awesome. Nice. I love Anchor. Yeah.
1: Nice. Well, speaking of Anchor, let's uh, let's lift the Anchor on our own <laughs> Hollyhocks of an adventure. Nice. Um, Segue. Yes. Which is terrible because. That segue is not apt because I have uh, not news, but I have like tweets I want to share. Okay. <laughs> so before we get to the Hollyhocks and to Booyah Moon and to the last two episodes of Leesy Story, um, since we have, since we did just record 48 hours ago, there's not much in terms of Stephen King news or check-ins or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I, I didn't watch this, but the trailer for, uh, the epics, Series starring, I think, is it Ethan Hawk? Um, oh god, I should have really brought this up. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know
2: if I'm aware of this.
1: Yes, okay. The, I didn't watch this trailer, but the trailer for Chapelweight, um, hmm came out uh it premieres august 22nd on epics but it is a tv show uh inspired by the stephen king short story uh jerusalem's lot uh which is a prequel of sorts to salem's lot yeah so yeah uh maybe well i mean we'll have to put it on the docket interessante yes so uh that should be fun that premieres august 22nd don't know anything about it but Hmm. But yeah, but uh Stephen King did tweet a couple of things. Okay. Um really one, this is just promo for the episode No Light, No Spark, which I'll I'll actually save this tweet for when we when we go into that review. So I have one tweet to share. It's Stephen King News. As of eight fifteen PM, july eighth, twenty twenty-one, <laughs> he uh tweeted I had a tooth extraction today. Very painful. I'm treating it with season six of Line of Duty. So yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, I was going. to I was going to try to troll you and be like, um, <laughs> and lie <laughs> and say I'm treating it with uh, binge listening to Tower Junkies. Oh God. Do you like? Yeah. That. Can you imagine? <laughs> I can't. No, I I can't either. <laughs> uh, get well soon, Steve. <laughs> um. Yeah. So tooth extraction. Yeah. Hmm, How do you a- feel about? Sounds painful. Stephen
2: King's teeth. Uh, hopefully they're fine. Yeah, so I, I hope so, too. He can continue eating. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right,
1: yeah. well, that's Stephen King check-ins and news.
2: <laughs> Exciting. <laughs>
1: um okay so let's go to do you want to go into our reviews of lisey's story episodes yep. seven and eight all right so uh plot summary for lisey's story of course is based on the novel by stephen king this terrifying thriller follows widow lisey landon as a series of disturbing events revives memories of her of her marriage to author scott landon and the darkness that plagued him so, we're going to be reviewing episodes 7 and 8. These are the final two episodes of the series, and they aired on July 9th and July 16th. Um, Yeah, so first up, we're going to be reviewing episode 7, No Light, No Spark. We're going to do a non-spoiler review, and then we'll play some music and then play, uh, then do the spoiler review. But just to give you a rundown, this, uh, this episode aired, of course, July 9th, teleplay by Stephen King, directed by Pablo Lorraine. And it stars Julianne Moore, Joan Allen, Jennifer Jason Lee, Dane DeHaan, Soon-King. Um, so tiny. This episode mm-hmm. is uh, oh oh I was just going to say uh, Stephen King's tweet promoting it. <laughs> um, he tweeted uh, so people behind the curtain we're recording this July eighth so because we have the screener so he tweeted this this afternoon he said tomorrow's episode of Lisey's Story No Light No Spark is one that means a great deal to me I hope you enjoy. So, thank you, Steve. I did enjoy it. Um, so, tiny and broad overall terms, non-spoiler, how did you feel
2: about No Light, No Spark? Uh, this was a decent episode. Um, it wasn't... I don't know if it's going to be one of my favorites or anything, uh, but it's definitely not one of the worst. Um, I, I I thought it was a little slow here and there, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was, uh, it, it was a good episode, though, because I think it's um, just... I think it kind of did a better job of showcasing, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. uh, showcasing Scott's death, yeah, and uh, then than the book did, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, yeah, I just, it, oh, it yeah. felt it felt more detailed and more involved. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it was a little out of the blue or out of place. I guess, like obviously, we've known this whole time that he's dead, right? And it's not it's not it's not a spoiler. He's he dies, mm-hmm. um, but it just it felt a little shoehorned in like uh, just, they spent so much time with it Mm -hmm. and it seemed a little um, out of place in this point in the story, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I don't have an issue with it really. It's I, or a big issue, but I think I just noticed it. I was like, Oh, we're kind of spending, this is like almost half this episode with, with his death process. Yeah. Um, and, I don't I, I feel like it wasn't that big of an event in the book. Right. Compared to this. I I don't know. Hmm. I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was all fine. Um, I enjoyed, um, I, I've kind of felt like I wanted more Clive Owen, mm-hmm. more Scott Landon throughout this whole series. Um, I understand, you know, obviously that he can't be there as much because he's gone. Right. But, um, I, I, I don't, I don't mean that as a criticism. I mean that as a, I'm enjoying him. Mm-hmm. i'm enjoying clive owen in this role and i'm enjoying the character so okay. I, I want to get a lot more of him but i i understand that you know he is he has a limited role um and so it was nice to spend so much time with clive owen yeah uh, I, I enjoyed that part of the episode for sure um and okay. that was the, the meat of the episode and then uh the back half was kind of the whole <laughs> it was almost like uh kevin McAllister getting ready for the bad guys <laughs> to show up yeah. you know it was kind of fun um, um yeah 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 so yeah it was uh it was a fun episode though
1: yeah, I I agree. Um I actually liked this episode a lot. Um I don't know if I would say it's the standout episode for me. It might actually be hmm. um but I did I did really like The Good Brother, honestly. Yeah. Um but it's interesting you bring up the kind of extended death sequence and everything because it is different from from the book. Okay. Um what I remember from the book and and I think that Kind of purposefully, he conceals it in the book, uh, because we're we're on Lisi's journey through her grief, and I mean th- the experience of of his death was that you know he died out of t- like he like it, it was sudden and quick and and she I don't know if she even got to the hospital I maybe she, yeah she did because the whole um you were there and brought me ice hmm.
0: um
1: I think or that might have been the gunshot I don't know anyway. One of the things that I have been kind of struggling with in in this show, uh, in the way it's been written, and it's something that I haven't really vocalized on these reviews, but I have been vocal about it on Patreon, mm-hmm. um, is the, how kind of, and I, I think I have brought it up on the show, but um, how up until now, it's like they haven't said anything about how he died. Yeah. And uh, my fear and my concern and my f- frustration was that it was like misleading because we don't get a lot of the gun of the gunshot uh, the attempt the right beating. yeah and so like it kind of feels like okay are they trying to imply that he died from that or hmm. like audiences are going to think that he died from that and not from something else right. And so, up until I started episode seven, up until I started "No Light, No Spark," I thought like, okay, this is uh, looking at the—I mean, looking at the thumbnail, this is going to be showcasing how Scott died. And I was like, okay, finally, finally, we can get that. And then, like, <laughs> the more cynical part of mine is like, and we're just going to delay the Jim Dooley showdown even more. <laughs> yeah. Um. So when we get those first twenty minutes, and we see Scott, you know, coughing uh what I what I have dubbed uh rock star author Scott Landon. <laughs> um because it is I mean it is like I don't I don't I assume I'm sure Stephen King probably gets that kind of reception if he does like a speaking engagement like that. Yeah. But also does he <laughs> Right like that like level of of uh like rock star
2: fame. Like red carpet behind a velvet yeah. rope. Fans behind velvet ropes type yeah. thing. Yeah that's a little yeah, I agree. Yeah. And another thing that I thought was funny that
1: I brought up on Patreon is that um <laughs> when they introduce Scott on the stage and they're like he's been a best-selling author for decades and and whatever and uh and then they say um he's <laughs> he's written 10 best-selling books. <laughs> um all I thought was like I just imagined Stephen King writing that line and being like he's 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 um He's he's published 10 best-selling books and then Stephen King stopping and being like that's cute. Um, <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um but I won't go into spoilers about what happens during this extended like opening sequence and everything. We'll talk about that in spoilers. But I thought like as soon as I like as soon as it played it was playing out and everything I was like okay this is why they've held back on what this is and and like what's happened to him in the present because now we have so much detail. We have so much information about Boo-Ya-Moon and everything, and Lisi struggled to get to Boo-Ya-Moon and everything. So now that kind of ups the stakes of Scott, you know, suffering um, in this environment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought that was fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then the back half of the episode was more conventional, actiony, thriller kind of thing. Um, how do you yeah. feel about how that all kind of? came about in non-spoilers and then we can go into spoilers
2: um i i was happy with it I, again i thought it was um it was nice to have a non-catatonic amanda mm-hmm. because uh she she's entertaining yes in her she, she's added some comic relief um and that continued in this part i just think you know she um <laughs> like she just uh it's not really a spoiler but I don't mm. want to bring it up but just just her presence has yeah. been been refreshing these last couple of episodes. Yeah. The um, hockey stick thing. The hockey stick that's what I was going to say the hockey yeah. stick was so funny. Yeah, and the uh, SNM thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um so yeah, she's just been she's added a whole new dynamic being a more um present a more present character. I um, totally agree. I've appreciated that so. Yeah. Uh and and again her bouncing off of Darla mm-hmm. cuz she's so um Confrontational and, yes. and uh, uh, antagonistic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been another dimension of of, the, of her attitude and. Uh, the relationship he, she has with both her sisters, not just Lisey. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that. That's been it. that was just entertaining, and I I enjoyed that. Um. And again, it was nice. just it just made me think of Kevin McAllister getting ready for, <laughs> uh, you know, the Wet Bandits it, to come yeah, over. Yeah. And I don't really mean that is. in a critical way. Right. It, it, it's funny, genuinely entertaining, sure, and funny to me. Um. Yeah. It, it made me think of that, even though there's really not a lot of like, you know, like setting up micro-machines on the stairway or right. anything like that or whatever. Yeah.
1: Um. Cool. Well, should we go into spoilers? Sure, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to go into spoilers for Lisey's Story Episode 7, No Light, No Spark. I'm going to play some music here, and then uh, we'll come back and do spoilers. No light. No, spark is the name of episode seven of Lucy's story. And this is our review on the spoilers of no light, no spark for episode seven. And I'm trying not to be jealous that pizza is laying in front of tiny and not near me because she's my pretty kitty and tiny is just a guest.
2: At story. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the fourth or fifth recording in a row where she's come up here.
1: Yeah, and I think it's because I have the mixer in front of me and the laptop in front of the mixer, okay. and then you're just there. Gotcha. Um, yeah, also the laptop is warm. Mm. Um,
2: I think it's me, but whatever.
1: Well, I don't know. I, she knows you're allergic, so she's trying to kill you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pizza, Uh, she's such a good kitty um okay so spoilers on for no light no spark let's talk in more detail about uh scott's death the first 20 minutes of this episode Mm -hmm. um actually before that let's talk about the cult of landon guy who came in and was like i made you a wand right um how'd you feel about that encounter
2: um it was creepy i'm not sure what the point of it was
1: yeah i i kind of feel like it was maybe intended to just set up um uh, kind of further show how uh deranged his some of his fans are yeah and also uh maybe just fake out scare kind of thing gotcha like oh this is where it's gonna happen this is he's he's coughing but this is where he's gonna get killed or something and then mm-hmm. it's just like oh i made a wand
2: well and also i think it sort of uh it was it was a way to set up a line that's in the later on in the episode Uh, where she's um she's kind of where lisey uh Dooley has broken in and he turned the lights off and he's like Mm -hmm. inching towards her and she's kind of making fun of him like comparing him to this other guy Mm -hmm. um like another crazed fan yeah deep Um, space cowboys another deep space cowboy yeah. yeah i think she yeah she refers to Cole specifically. Yeah, um, who
1: Cole was the gunman. Right. So he wasn't the guy with the wand.
2: Right, but I th- I think it was Showing that scene with the guy who made the wand was another, just kind of a refresher on the, oh, yeah. on the craziness of the Deep Space Cowboys, and yeah, um, and yeah.
1: that's something that I I've kind of notice is that they all kind of look very similar. They do. Um, they look like school shooters. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mass shooters. Um, yeah. like white bloated face guys. Yes. Um, and also, and and I I I don't know if this is just me reaching or whatever, but. Compared to how Michael Pitt looks in the flashbacks, mm-hmm. kind of similar there too. Maybe I'm reaching.
2: Mm. Maybe yeah. I don't know if that was yeah. intentional.
1: Maybe I'm reaching. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so that was that was interesting and everything. But as it goes in, uh, the scene where he is in the bathroom and he's mm-hmm. you know like dying, the wounds are resurfacing and everything. Yeah, that whole sequence on one hand uh, creeped me out. Okay. um was effectively like like frightening to me and just that i think it plays into that whole that feel that i have of of like emotional or or like authentic horror like yeah. the thought of like oh your your body is in decline right now right yeah um that is that's frightening to me but also did
2: you Get major vibes of The Shining? Yes. Totes. Yes. Right off the bat. Oh,
1: yeah. Yep.
2: Oh, yeah. And it's not even like, they're not even really that similar. No. Uh, The two bathrooms, the style of them are mm-hmm. completely different. But I think of the camera angle yeah, was a like, the kind of a wide angle shot that's slowly mm. closing in, had total Shining vibes. Totally. Yep. Totally. And yeah. I assume that was intentional.
1: It uh, almost has to be. Yeah, yeah.
2: It almost has to be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that was cool, right, um, but his actual death doesn't occur there right uh he makes it to Booyah Moon, and then he comes back and he does his uh he's on stage and <laughs> on Patreon, I was like, uh, uh what did I, I said something super self deprecating, but um <laughs> uh oh, like I like just imagine how horrifying it is to just die on stage and then. And then I said, like, oh, if you're listening to this and you ever went to Shocktober and Irvington, you know exactly how that felt for me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Nice. Not really. I was proud of
2: what we did. Yeah, totally. um, Yeah, yeah. Um, So, is it ever really revealed what actually killed him? Not exactly. What I
1: gathered from it, and I was going to ask if this is what you took from it as well, but... Um, and maybe this is also a pacing issue and a chronology issue as well, because I think what the implication of it is, and maybe it's expressly stated and I just didn't pay attention to it, but I think what it is, is that when he was a kid, when he and Paul were kids and Paul had the bad that ended up getting That's killed, right, he scratched he him. He scratched him. Okay. And then, uh, and then their dad is like, oh, you're, 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 um you're doomed now or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way out of this or whatever. That's right. And so, like, my interpretation is that, okay, that mark that was left on him by his demonic brother, he, like, made the rest of his life living on borrowed time. Okay. That's my, that's what, and, but it seems kind of arbitrary that, like, why would it now take effect? And, and be so
0: sudden. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Although I guess in the hospital room, he did say that when he, I think that this is what it was, because it was all kind of cloudy and, and weird, but he said that he kept trying to go back to Booyah Moon, but the Lawn Boy kept blocking his path. I guess
2: to the pool. Interesting.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought that he said. Okay. Um. Yeah. What did you think of that hospital scene? By the way, I, I, I thought that just the her walking the halls with the doctor and the dialogue and everything was like that was like emotionally like tense for me. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, again, the visual of it. Yes. Like a really, it was a really
2: cool set. mm Hmm. Um, I, I liked that about it, for sure. Um, I refer
1: to it as the millionaire ICU. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, it was, Um, again, it was all, it was, I feel like the whole process was drawn out, but then mm-hmm. him dying was just so fast. Yeah. Really quick and everything, and I was a little confused as to, like, what was actually killing him. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was just maybe, like, the the healing powers of Booyah Moon were finally just wearing out, and oh, all, yeah. all, all of this physical trauma that he had been inflicted to and inflicted, um, against his whole life was just catching up. Like the the healing waters weren't taking care of those things anymore and they were just resurfacing or something like that. But I think, I think you, you're right though. It's something to do with that scratch. Um, the bad finally just kept up or caught up with him or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was kind of nuts. Yeah, just the, how quick it all happened. And everything. Yeah,
1: the the st- going back to him on stage and everything when he threw up the water. Yeah, that was that was some intense imagery.
2: Right. Um. Definitely. Really cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the hospital scene was was actually heartbreaking. Like it um, mm-hmm. it it just it uh like my heart broke a little bit for it right. uh, for her. Um. And then did. Then they did kind of a time lapse. Like this felt a little bit cliche, but like the funeral scene and the wake scene and everything, it's just mm-hmm. like that classic. Like, okay, the grieving widow's wandering through, but everything is silent. Like we can't hear anything to symbolize that she's not paying attention and that everything <laughs> is on autopilot and everything. Right. I was like, okay, this this I've seen this in like millions of yeah
2: things. Definitely, um, I was I was yeah. a little checked out. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It didn't really seem necessary.
1: No, no, it really didn't. Yeah.
2: Um, especially when kind of
1: the entire, the, a big part of the entire show and the entire story is her grief. Like we don't need to right. see the immediate grief of the funeral and everything. Cause we've been living in her grief for the last six episodes. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that just seemed a little just unnecessary. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> so Jim Dooley and lisey and the sisters Mm -hmm. um first of all maybe my like favorite maybe my favorite scene of the episode which is saying something because i mean the visuals in, in this episode and this entire series has been incredible um but that overhead shot of jim dooley walking um that was yes, that was definitely this episode, obviously. <laughs> um, walking and then like the way that it cause he's approaching it. He's approaching the house mm-hmm. and we know that Beckman, the cop, is there because he came back and then he's walking across this muddy field, and the way that the camera moves, like we don't like we don't have a um, perspective on where he is in the field. Mm-hmm. But then the cop car just appears as it's guiding as as yeah. he's going, and then it just cold. Shoot yes. How would you feel about
2: that? That was so cool. I, yeah. I agree. I mean, I just think of the technic, like the um, technical aspect of filming that scene. Mm-hmm. Just having you know a big boom, a uh, camera yeah. on a big boom, just following him, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, yeah, all the rain and everything. Yes, was so cool. And I, I wish I would have rewound it or something. But mm. did he time his gunshot to go off with a thunderclap? I don't. I don't think so. but I don't think so either. I.
1: I. Because I, I, I immediately thought, like, I wonder if they heard that. But then I was like, well, it's storming, so they probably right. You know, whatever. That's what um. I, was thinking. I don't would know he was. Yeah. Kind of a
2: fun little Shawshank Redemption reference. Yeah. You know. I, th- yeah. I thought. that's what maybe they were going for. Because again, right. why? Why wouldn't they hear the gunshot? But right. It's yeah. not important, really. But.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he. I don't know if he's as cal- well. I don't know if I want to say he's not that calculating, but I think he's more um, just seat of his pants, right? Kind of, yeah. Performance or action? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that was that was cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Definitely a cool scene.
1: Yeah. Do you remember from the book if he had the night vision goggles? I don't remember that part okay if, and, uh, I, I if it was I don't remember it I'll put it that way, okay, and do you remember if
2: he killed any cops in the in the book again i don't i think feel like that would have jumped out to yeah. me yeah and I don't think he did
1: i i i don't know if he did or not I don't think he did, but anyway, yeah mm-hmm. uh the night vision goggles gave me such i i' i'm fairly sure that that was in that that's in the book, but it okay. just it really gave me just obviously uh super intense silence of the lambs oh, yeah. feels
2: um definitely
1: just really cool mm-hmm. um and just the confrontation that was that was amazing it was it was
2: amazing the brutality of it yes again the the the, the physical uh violence in the show is very it's pretty sparing really mm-hmm. like there's not really not a lot of it yeah um it it feels like there's a lot of it because like you know scott as a kid having the bad let right. out and he cuts himself the the blood bowl mm-hmm. and uh it, it i guess on paper there's a lot of violence but yeah. there really isn't i mm-hmm. mean it seems so few and far between in the in the actual show mm-hmm. i mean an eight hour no not even a seven hour mm-hmm. uh show we we get like you know maybe 25 30 minutes of like violence blood violence right. when it seems like there should be 2 hours you know yeah um,
1: but those
2: those violent moments
1: are so pivotal and so intense and they just so really intense. jump out yeah. yeah and and again uh we'll talk about this uh later in this episode but the sound mm-hmm. is just intense and yeah. what i loved about their struggle like their their big scuffle in uh with Jim Jolie's first of all i love that um. That Lisi taps the book, and it like the the uh, lighthouse light comes on, and that's what you know starts them. Mm-hmm. Uh. But that that was cool. But I really, <laughs> I'm kind of back and forth on this. I really res- respect and enjoyed the clumsiness of the of the fighting. Um. Because on paper, yes. yeah. On paper, okay. Three three women with weapons taking on one man. Like you would in the think dark in the dark, you would think like, okay, that's you know action choreography you'll you'll do it, but like they are so clumsy, and mm-hmm. everything is so like um improvised, it seems right it just it felt it made it feel so much more authentic,
2: yeah, the plan almost falls apart, yeah, because they are <laughs> pretty unsuccessful right at attacking him, yeah,
1: but the other thing. I, I really like that the authenticity of that, and how it felt authentic and and uh, intense. But the dialogue didn't really work for me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't really remember what there, was said, but
1: there's like two or three lines where I think like Darla's like, oh kill him, kill him, kill him, or something. Yeah. It's just like very faux adrenaline, I think.
2: Yeah, and she says does she say something like "you fucker" and like something like die. that? Yeah, I yeah. Agree. She was a little. Well, it, it seems Tower
1: Junkies is the best steam game podcast.
2: <laughs> um. It seems on point for her character, though. That's true because she's that's so true. confrontational and over the top and yeah. annoying that she would say something that stupid and ridiculous. Right. But that's fair. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um. So. How did you feel about the conclusion of all this? The 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 trip to Booyah Moon and the way that the episode ends.
2: Um, I I was on board. I I was expecting Jim Dooley to be a little more uh, discombobulated mm-hmm. and, um, Conf- yeah, confused by confused, what what scared. happened. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he seemed to roll with it decently mm-hmm. well. Um, but I did like what the you act- do to me misses. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, like the actual closing part where mm-hmm. she's like summoning the long boy yeah that was pretty cool I that
1: mean. yeah that was really cool and it made me think like the whole time i was like they're in booyah moon like it is this are they gonna conclude this storyline here and right then is like the whole last episode gonna be something different um because i'm like thinking like oh, there's like four minutes left and <laughs> right. there's a lot of stuff go to happen yeah um but I, I thought that as a cliffhanger, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it ends with her being like, there you are, or whatever. And the yeah. lawn boy's like, yep, uh, here I am. <laughs> um, that's not, that's not the lawn boy's voice. Right. Um, they don't have a voice. Um, but the design of the lawn boy. Um it's really disturbing. Really, really disturbing. Yeah. Uh, there's more close-ups and everything in the second and the, the final episode. Right. Again, the sound. Uh, yes. The
2: sound is arguably the most effective part of it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on No Light, No Spark?
2: No, I think we covered yes. it pretty well.
1: Yeah, me too. Um I oh yeah, the other thing that I didn't really like uh about the fight and everything was that um while he's choking her out, um like at the kind of climax of it and everything, he's choking her, and then he's like, "Respect, no wife, oh. respect." <laughs> yeah, like okay, come right. on.
2: I I wasn't super happy with um, Dane DeHaan in the last two episodes. Yeah, they just they didn't really give him a lot to work with.
1: They they really didn't. It's a bummer. Yeah, but, yeah I agree. Yeah. Um. So yes, yeah, so I think that that'll do it for our review of No Light, No Spark. The other thing I wanted to mention is that. The when at the beginning of the episode when she's walking through the hospital and then the door closes as she's going into the oxygen like room the hospital room and everything Mm -hmm. the hallway it just has like oxygen in use no light no spark I was like I forgot (laughs) like I I I'm sure that that is like in the book yeah but I've forgotten the context and everything gotcha Um, so I thought that was really cool yeah. Yep. Alright, well we are gonna go ahead and uh go into our review of the final episode of Lisey Story titled Lisey Story, the eponymous episode of Lisey Story, titled mm-hmm. Lisey Story. Yep. Um it aired on July 16th. Uh teleplay, of course, by Stephen King, directed by Pablo Lorraine, and for the final time, the cast. Julian Moore, Joan Allen, Jennifer Jason Lee, Dane DeHaan, Michael Pitt, Soon King. Um yeah, so this is the this was the final episode of Lee's story. We're going to do a broad non-spoiler review and then we'll do a spoiler review. Uh check the show notes and everything. Um so tiny. Um yep. Before we get into our broad terms and everything, when you pressed play on the on the final episode, mm-hmm. where were you at mentally with the show? Like where did you like how did you feel about uh, feel about it and feel about finishing the series?
2: Um I I mean I was excited to mm-hmm. To get to the end you know i um i i was glad that i was liking it as much as i was and as much as i do now that it's over mm-hmm. um because i wasn't big on the book and i i think i think the book was good but it just wasn't my thing and it wasn't for me and i didn't right. didn't connect with it um and so i it was important to me that the show was good and that i liked the show mm. um and that i think that you know, I wanted the show to be a good representation of the story, mm-hmm. and I think it was. And it, you know, I, I was feeling that it was going to be going into this last episode. Yeah. Um, and having concluded it, I think, I think it was a good show and it was a good representation of the story, and it gave me a lot more enthusiasm for Leesy's story as a story.
1: Nice. Yeah. Nice. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I mean, this is probably something to say for the end of it and everything, but, um, well, I'll, I'll ask this at the end if I remember. I'll prob- probably forget and then cringe when I listen back to this. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, for me, uh, broad terms, I, I mean, I went into it. I was pretty excited. Um, excited to finally finish it. And, um, <laughs> uh, and I was also pretty, pretty excited because I knew how the story was going to unfold. I knew what was going to happen and I knew that. Honestly, the end of the book is my favorite part of the book for specifically the, the, um, the relationship between Lisi and Scott mm-hmm. and how that resolves itself with her own bull hunt and her own story that she finds. Um, the way that that plays out in the book, it was very satisfying. So I was excited to kind of experience that knowing that King was writing writing this teleplay himself. Um, so, yeah.
2: So in broad terms, how would you feel about Lisi's story episode eight? Lisey's story. I think it was a great conclusion. Um, you know, the, the kind of climax happens in the first 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. And so there's a lot left after that, um, which is true, true for the book too. Sure. Um, yeah. But I think that was a great decision. I'm glad, I'm glad that they stuck with that for the show. Um, Cause I think what's covered in the, the denouement is, is so integral to the characters and mm-hmm. is one of the most important parts of the story. Um, and I, it's something I didn't connect with as much when I read the book because I was, by this point, I just kind of wanted to get the book over with. Right. And so I really didn't, the the, the last 20% of the book really didn't hold my attention well at all. And I didn't retain hardly anything from it, um, which is a real shame. Hmm. Um, and so I was looking forward to this episode because I wanted it to fill those gaps. Yeah. And, uh, and, and be again, be a good representation of, of, the end of the book. And so, um, I, I'm really glad they took their time with, mm-hmm. with the denouement and like, it, it was true to the book. Um, cause I wanted the, I wanted the story to conclude that way. I think it was yeah. the, the proper way to do it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it was, again, it was a clear, a clearer representation of it and I got a lot more out of the, uh, the show than I did the book. So um, I definitely liked it. Yeah.
1: Nice. I, you know, it's interesting because like I said, I was, I was very much into the, into the ending of the book. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 it's interesting because I think I came away from it. Same as you after having going into it with, actually higher expectations (laughs) Um, uh, because it was probably my favorite part of the book itself. And um, I think it, I think they pulled it off incredibly well. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that there were some, some in the grand scheme of things, some strange pacing and chronology decisions. Um, Like the entire decision to make like the climax of the action portion of the story and everything, be contained in the first nine minutes of the episode felt just weird when Mm -hmm. the previous episode left on that pseudo cliffhanger of, you know, the lawn boy arriving. right? And it just, it kind of felt like, okay, after having an episode where almost half of the runtime of the episode is devoted to Scott Landon, Scott Landon, yes, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) his death, and then the second half of the episode, being the Jim Dooley conflict and everything, to immediately go to an episode where, in the grand scheme of things, a fraction of the episode is the conclusion of the Jim Dooley action stuff, and then sort of, sort of conspiracy, um, hiding bodies kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and then Lacey's story and the conclusion of Scott Landon's backstory. Yeah, it just felt like it felt like. Uh, I felt like there wasn't it, it was confusing and not confusing but it was a little it was a little um hard to focus my attention on it because those different sections of the story were so wildly disproportionate from each other mm-hmm. in terms of runtime. Right. Um so it just kind of felt a little just uh, clumsy but still passable and uh satisfying in terms of performance and writing though of like dialogue and communicating the ideas of the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> the one dangling thread that I don't think, uh, nah, I'll save that for spoilers, but, um, the, ugh, I, I, I don't know how to dance around spoilers. Um, should we just go into spoilers? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go into spoilers guys. We're going to go into spoilers um, <laughs> because I can't really say anything about this uh, without spoiling it. And I want to make sure you guys have a chance. So uh, we're going to play a little bit of music and then sp- and then we'll come back and do spoilers for Lisey's Story Episode 8, Lisey's Story. For the last time, I'm going to try to sing along to the theme music of Lisey Story, because I've already done the Patreon reviews, and then this is the last episode that we're going to be doing to cover Lisey Story, the TV show, based on the book by Stephen King, and its teleplay is by Stephen King, and it's directed by Pablo Lorraine, and it's on Apple TV+. Lisey Story. i'm so glad I don't have to do that ever again thank god
2: that's over yes oh jeez our gosh. long national nightmare
1: yes i like it it it's been just as hard on me doing this thing that i'm doing by choice um no it hasn't it it has been actually <laughs> <laughs> um because it's so much easier to do that for marvel on patreon anyway spoilers on for lay's story um so the uh the the death of jim dooley mm-hmm That, for as brief as it was, and as as you noted in the in the review of the previous episode, Dane DeHaan isn't, despite having like big moments in the show Mm -hmm. in these last two episodes, doesn't have a lot to work with in terms of performance wise and writing. Mm -hmm. But uh, his death scene was just the close ups of the lawn boy. Yeah, just like messed me up. It was it was pretty intense. Yeah. Um, and also when he is disoriented and he says, uh, he, like, this is slightly, like, slightly goofy and everything, but, uh, he says, I'm the son of Scotland and I'm the prophet. I am the lighthouse. Beam me up, Scotty. Right. Um, and then he dies.
2: That was a little goofy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, how'd you feel about that whole sequence?
2: Yeah, I wasn't super on board with it and just, just the, the dynamic of their kind of battle, their confrontation between Lisi and Jim Dooley, it seems like it just, it feels like he just kind of gives up and just starts talking to the lawn boy and says those weird things. Yeah. And just gets taken. Like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I, I When I was listening to the book, it seems like it was more of like, she was kind of leading him towards the lawn boy like using him as bait and then Mm -hmm. the lawn boy comes out and grabs him and takes the bait Mm -hmm. Um, you know she's sort of stringing him along whereas it's like the lawn boy just kind of shows up to their fight and then they stop fighting and it's like his. It's like Jim Dooley's attention is focused on the lawn boy now. Right, finally. And, <laughs> yeah, and he just kind of like... I guess he doesn't see it as a threat or mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what his right. motivations were for doing that and saying those things mm-hmm. and basically just letting himself be taken by yeah. the lawn boy. I, I don't get that and uh, yeah. I wasn't crazy about it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that it may have been... Uh, my, uh, I don't know, off the cuff thought is that it could have been just a, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, just the, 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 uh, apex of his cult of Landon personality. Like he maybe saw it or understood it to be this world that maybe in his understanding that he felt like he was, he was owed, like he believed he was a prophet for, scott landon and then maybe he realized that he was in a world of like what he perceived as being a world of scott landon's imagination or something right but also if that's the case i don't think it was communicated clearly enough exactly yeah i
2: had the same thought i was mm. like maybe he thinks this is some form of redemption for him or right. some ultimate achievement <clears throat> Yeah. Because he's in a world that Scott Landon created or something like that. Right. Yeah. I, I had the same thought, but yeah. again, that's achievement
1: all achievement spe- unlocked. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> all, by lawn boy.
2: that's all speculation. So yeah. Yeah. And I also don't really get why back in on earth or back in the real mm-hmm. world, whatever you want to call it, his, his disfigured body showed yes. up in the pool. Like, was he a double? And some people aren't doubles. Oh. Don't have two representations, like one in boo and one in Earth.
1: That I, the, honestly, I, I didn't think that hard about it, but I, okay. you might, that might actually be 100% right. I mean, that okay. I think that that might be actually what it is, because my memory of the book is that he is taken by the lawn boy, and she never—I don't—maybe I'm misremembering it, but she never really sees him— die Mm -hmm. and so i think she has this lingering thought that like okay well i mean the lawn boy could bring him back at any time yeah um or maybe she thought that the lawn boy would come after her i don't know but um but that kind of threw me for a loop because um i i kind of thought like okay so because this is now we're nine minutes into this 50 some minute episode (laughs) so is the rest i know that a, a big portion of the episode is going to be you know, Lisey's story that he's re that she's reading his story and his backstory about his father and everything. Mm -hmm. But are we also going to do this, um, this, uh, cover up storyline? Cause she has to dispose of the body. She notices the cop's body and then she has to call the police. I'm sitting there thinking like, is this going to be some like breaking bad esque, like cover up thing where she gets deeper and deeper into it. And then I'm glad I didn't go that route, but also, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like I, I don't, I don't know what that accomplished in her greater story. Like her being able to kind of without, without any real conflict or anything or any, any obstacles able to just dispose of this dude's dismembered corpse. Right. Um, I, I, Maybe the coldness of that is supposed to be that she's a different person now or that she's yeah kind of similar to Jim Dooley in that respect, but yeah, that's not a good it's not a good look. <laughs> no,
2: no, it didn't really work. Yeah. I I didn't I didn't really get I mean, there's some cool visuals, like his yeah. his body being all just was fucked up and right. Again, the way she just coldly threw it in the river. Yeah. First of all, that set was cool. Oh yeah. Um
1: I the establishing shot of that was really cool. Yeah. Um because definitely. it's it was like an inverted shot of the river and then the yes. camera like moved, like tilted up and then swung, right. swung around. It was really cool.
2: Definitely cool. Yeah. Uh, so I liked all that, but it, I just didn't understand the reasons for it and yeah. the logic behind it or whatever. I, I didn't really get it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of strange.
1: Yeah. How did you feel about the
2: resolution of the dead cop stuff? Um, so... I liked the kind of um, repartee between mm-hmm. the chief of police or whoever and yeah. and Lisi, where he's like, "Is there something you're not telling me?" And right. she's like, "Yeah, <laughs> that." I, I and she he was like, "All right, well, enjoy your pie." Like, I genuinely liked that <laughs> dialogue too. and that sequence of events. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I thought it, the. I feel like it was a little too easy how she just kind of yeah th- there's no investiga- or like she she was coming out of the courthouse after a grand jury right investigation, and it's just like I, it wasn't explored enough, I guess, and Because right. that wasn't in the was any of that in the book i don't i I don't know
1: honestly, I don't know because okay. I don't remember if any of the police were killed, <laughs> okay, I don't remember but either in that scene where he's where he's talking to her and everything, and they're doing that kind of uh not. Like that not questioning and not confirming kind of dance. Right. I Like when I was watching that, I was like, I remember something like that from the book, but I don't remember the specifics. I don't remember exactly what happened. Okay. Um. So it's possible that that is lifted from the book and everything. But I, I agree. I think it was just really, it, it kind of felt like we had like a big moment for the overall story and everything. And then like what the next kind of um, natural progression of that storyline and that conflict and that drama is just kind of just breezed by. <laughs> right. Um, so I don't know that, that kind of, that didn't really sit that well with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was something else about all of that that I can't uh, place. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> let me check my notes. Cause I thought that there was something after that. Oh, oh, that's what it was. yeah um something I didn't even realize until tonight, um after I, after I watched it last night is that we get one shot of Dash seeing the news of the dead cop and yeah, dually being on the run or being you know at large, yeah, and that's it. like I don't
2: understand what the point of that was right um, I don't know, yeah. It was a little sloppy, the whole episode, and mm-hmm. and it's funny because they had, I feel like they had a lot of time. Like, yeah. I, I understand that the bulk of the dainty needs to go to Lisi the finishing the story yeah. and, and us getting to see that. And that's that we haven't even talked about it yet, but that stuff was really right. good, really, oh, yeah. really well done. I liked all that mm-hmm. a lot, um, but I feel like these other things, you know, could have been explored a little better and mm-hmm. could have been... Wrapped up with a better bow, if, yeah. if you will. Um,
1: Honestly, I uh, and this is maybe, I don't know if I'd say, say blasphemous, but um, there seems to be in that first, what, 15, 20 minutes of the episode, the, conf- like, uh, the Lawn Boy and Jim Dooley and uh, disposing the body and the grand jury aftermath thing, <laughs> like all of that, I feel like there's enough content there or there's enough story there that's unexplored in those fifteen twenty minutes that that could have been an entire episode, yes, like that could have been episode eight, agree, and then episode nine would been would have been ley's story, yeah, um yeah, yeah, so I,
2: I don't, don't know. know um before we move on to the mm-hmm. uh talking about Lisey's story yes um <laughs> the The long boy is it ever really explained what that is? And no, because I, I, I mean it's a being who mm. is composed of dead bodies or right. like zombie like people Wailing. being w- tortured yeah. in a state of agony. Mm. Um, and I don't understand really what the purpose is yeah. of Longboy in, in Moon and like why, why it attacks people, why it doesn't like noise. Yeah. I mean, it's cool as shit and it looks really good and it's scary and it's effective yeah. in that regard, but I just, I wish it was fleshed out a little more. I- <laughs> fleshed I, out. Yeah. Right, damn. That was <laughs> totally unintentional. Right. And I understand that Scott Landon, who is our conduit for what goes on at Booyamoon, mm mm-hmm is so many things are still a mystery to him. Yeah. And there can still there can be some mysterious aspects to another world, but it's like yeah. this is such a big deal. I kinda wanted a little more information on what that is.
1: Yeah, and and honestly, and this is gonna I I feel icky making this criticism because I don't like this type of criticism, but Scott, so much of Booyah Moon and the Lawn Boy and everything being something that Scott doesn't understand, kind of feel like that could be interpreted as a cop-out or a complete Mm -hmm. crutch in the storytelling. Right. Um, Because, like you said, he is our conduit for Booyah Moon. He's our conduit to this entire otherworldly substance and otherworldly thing. Yeah. And to kind of have the conduit of that, uh, not know anything about it. (laughs) Yeah. Is, I mean, that makes sense in a, in a fictional sense and in, in structure sense, but also it's kind of like, okay, yeah, we have the guy who's the expert of this who's dead, mm-hmm. not know anything about it, and it's just kind of, I don't know, well, I feel. And yeah. she,
2: and that's the thing, like, Lisi obviously understands something about right. Lomboy and what he is and what he wants mm-hmm. because she uses him as his the ultimate part of her plan right to kill jim dooley and then there's that scene i don't remember if it's in the book or not where she hands the shovel over Mm. to it at the end and i'm like why okay why does the long boy want the shovel why is she giving it to him i don't again it looks pretty good and it's it's kind of cool and i had my attention but it's like why just what's the why I have some thoughts about that, that
1: I don't know if this is me reaching or me interpreting something that there's not enough information about. Mm -hmm. But my line of thinking, my rationalization for the lawn boy and this shovel handing and everything is that the lawn boy in the fact, in the, in the fact that it's, it's uh, this massive monster that is like its, its structure, its mass is composed of wailing tortured human beings from presumably from Buyamoon mm-hmm. that he, that it is grabbing and and ingesting and putting into its its like body couple that with the knowledge that the quote unquote shrouded people in Booyah Moon are people who have died who don't want to move on or or are in limbo um to kind of put it in kind of a rudimentary term and everything yeah but my line of thinking is that the lawn boy takes the souls or the 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 people of Booyah Bu- Moon, the shrouded people of Moon, and those that don't that are resistant to moving on or don't want to move on or can't move on are victims of the lawn boy. Okay. That's my that's my rationale rationalization. And uh-huh. that's my kind of that's my connecting dots that I don't know of uh, I don't know if are in the text or in okay. the, in the, in the show. So that's my, that's my thought.
2: That's some interesting speculation. Yeah. I like that theory. Oh, thank you. If that's, if that is the case, yeah. that's cool. But uh, thank
1: me and thank Steve.
2: <laughs> old Stevie. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious if you had any more insight into that. Cause I was a little lost on it and it didn't affect my enjoyment too mm-hmm. much of it, but I just, I feel like we could have gotten some of those answers.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, um, Yeah. Um, yeah, I also made the comparison I think on Patreon or somewhere um in my dream in my dreams probably but um I don't think I'm I i do not think I asked this of you but uh the shots of the lawn boy kind of shrouded in the trees and everything and and imposing force and everything did you did we talk about this did you get lost vibes from that
2: <laughs> No, I didn't but Okay. I i I am now that you say it i yeah. see I see the parallel here. yeah,
1: in particular like the pilot episode, sure, yeah, anyway, just a slight observation, yeah, definitely, um, yeah, so Leesy's story, oh mm-hmm. oh, the thought that I had about the stupid thought I had about the shovel in the in the um and the lawn boy is that uh, when that happened, i <laughs> this is so dumb, um, let's see where is it, um. Oh, God, we got to talk about the flashback and everything, too. Um, my stupid observation when she hands the uh, shovel, which I, I don't understand that either, by the way. Um, my kind of theory on that is that maybe that that shovel is a totem of maybe not evil, but it's a totem of maybe not even like demon, demonic possession or like crazy, crazy stuff or whatever. But I kind of feel like maybe the implication is that she no longer needs it um, because that was like a talismanic kind of thing or right. a representation of her, you know, fighting off evil or what have you in uh, her yeah,
2: life. Yeah, I mean, cle- clearly it's a form of closure for her. I can, right. That's that's obvious, yeah. but I just don't know. But why does the lawn boy why want does it? Why does the lawn boy want it? Yeah. <laughs> and why, does she, why is that her outlet for the closure mm-hmm. is to give it to him or it? Right. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um, I said uh, in my notes, I put, I don't really need the final scene with the lawn boy, but Jesus, the imagery is amazing. Word. <laughs> um, but also I had, and this is so dumb. Um, <laughs> uh, sequel idea, Lisey's story from the lawn boy's perspective. Uh, the lawn boy is on a bull-, bull hunt and the prize is the shovel she gives it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know, stupid. Wow. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Lisey's story. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott writing out detailing what happened to him and his father um, following the death of Paul. Um, we get a very long flashback sequence with Paul uh, as a child caring for his father, who is, you know, peak crazy grief, regret. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, dangerous person. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you feel about this how did you feel? Two part question. How did you feel about that flashback and the resolution of the of of Paul's childhood storyline, and how did you feel about the way that it it was um, cross cut with Scott writing it and Lisi responding to it while reading it? How did you feel about all of that?
2: Yeah, I I was on board with all that. I think this that was some of the strongest part of the episode, mm-hmm. strongest part of the series actually. Yeah, um, I loved it. I, I I'm again I've I've appreciated the way that. Pablo Lorraine and and as the director and Stephen King as the as the writer and then um, uh, Julian Moore and Clive mm. Owen as the actors have balanced that. Whereas in the in the book you have like three timelines going at once. Yeah. You know, the uh, current time with Lisey and then her remembering a flashback and then the actual flashback itself. That's really difficult in the book, and yeah. they pulled it off great in the series mm-hmm. and this is another example of that um i i liked the narration of uh clive owen as as scott and i loved the real quote-unquote real-time reactions of lisey underneath yeah. the tree um and then of course the flashbacks was just really great mm-hmm. uh, awesome awesome acting and again the visuals of their farm which they said was in pennsylvania yes so
1: i i, I kind of like <laughs> i was like oh fuck yeah okay
2: right we that got was, our answer yeah totally yeah um which i feel like that was in the book and i just missed it i'm sure it was yeah, yeah and i forgot it because um, as soon as you said pennsylvania i was like yeah i feel like i remember <laughs> that now but um anyways that was all just great um and i i really appreciated it um great acting uh from the kid again um, yeah really good job um i especially like the scene where the guy from the plant shows up and uh it was like pretty much scene for scene word for word from the book which i i I liked it a lot in the book too yeah um but there's some cool camera work there with uh andrew landon coming up behind him with the gun and everything
1: and that i kind of i i wouldn't say i rolled my eyes at it but i was like i that kind of took me out of it a little bit
2: yeah it was a little much i just kind of liked the camera work yeah it was a little unrealistic yeah. and silly but
1: I, I think with me i think it was because it was broad daylight and that kind of yeah. had this contrast in my brain like, and he's
2: literally going through the woods like it would have been so fucking loud right. yeah yeah <laughs> he would have made some noise yeah yep. yeah yeah
1: especially with all the like crunching leaves Exa- and the exactly. mud because ex- it's constantly raining there. Right. Um. But I do agree that like I, I had kind of forgotten about that from the book. Like I've forgotten everything from the book. Yeah. Right. But uh, like, as th- it's an interesting moment because I'm just sitting there like, Oh, scene for scene from the book. And like, this yeah. is interesting.
2: Is it, is it, ex- do you remember if it's explained in the book what he does with his dad's body?
1: Um, I don't remember. I don't, okay. I, I almost want to say that in the, in the in the book he successfully takes him to Moon. okay um couldn't remember but man that holy shit yeah the the there again we had another kind of uh trend or 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 we had another run of time with uh Scott's dad where he is he's tender with him yeah. Like it's similar to that scene in like episode 3 or whatever, but where he is he's like he's troubled, he's disturbed, he's he's very much unstable and and dangerous, but he's also tender with his son and he is he's trying to like be, you know, nice, I guess, to him. Right. But it's just it's it just makes it so um unnerving in a, in a weird way cuz you know that this child is not safe with this man. Yeah. Um it's such a
2: strange dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Um the reason I asked is I I I love that sequence where he ties him up to the tractor and drags him oh, out there yeah. and drops him down the well. I mm-hmm. mean it's disturbing but there was something was cool. so
1: disturbingly sad about that. Yeah. Um that I thought was I, I like because it's not, like, explicitly stated, like, it's not it's not demonstrated, it's kind of a matter-of-fact kind of presentation of it, because right. it's like a static shot of him uh, driving the tractor. But, like, yeah. there's something just so tragic and, and heartbreaking about it.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And I can't remember if it's explained in the book, but basically, Scott's state of mind, like, when he's killing his father... Mm-hmm. Because in the show, he's very stoic. Yeah. And like, you know, I, 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 I was curious to see how he was going to be in that moment. Right. Oh, um, God, the but he's, sound. Yeah. Fuck. But I I, I I was pleased with what we got. Because, you know, I, I think there's a, any number of routes you could take that where mm-hmm. he was just bawling his eyes out. Or yeah. if he was really scared and hesitant. But he was just kind of confidently, mm-hmm. matter-of-factly driving a fucking... Yeah. Whatever the pickaxe into his dad's chest, yeah. Um, I, I oh, like I liked damn. what they did, and I think that too. that came across well. And then his really his attitude after that, um, mm-hmm. he was sort of treating it like a chore he had to do. Yes, um, which it kind of was because it was like mm. that was the obvious next step. I think right. And even to seven, eight, whatever, mm. however, you go, year old Scott yeah. was like, he's going to, I will die. Right, he's going to kill me, or something horrible is going to happen
1: yeah because because he even his father even says like at one point he's like it's gonna be be one it's gonna be you or me right Right. yeah Yeah. and then the kind of weird tragedy of it being the end of the bull hunt Mm um that his father set up for him and everything right um all of that was just really like something really interesting about this episode is there's a considerable less amount of dialogue than any other episodes, mm-hmm. um, and I think it really works well um, because it is such a visual story in this in this in this final episode. Yeah.
2: Um. um did you? One thing I want I note mm-hmm. I've noticed throughout, but I think it uh, was more prominent in this episode was uh, Andrew Landon throughout uh, is wearing dog tags. Oh yeah. And I, I think in the book I don't know if it's explained in the show, but in the book, I think Scott grew up like in the seventies, yeah, roughly. So. And yeah. so I'm, I'm just I'm wondering if his dad is a Vietnam veteran.
1: I think so. I think in the book it's exp- it's, it's it? expressly stated. Okay, yeah, and
2: maybe part of his psychosis, whatever you want to call it, his mental issues, right. are related to his time in Vietnam.
1: Yeah. And, uh, to go back to talking about Scott, child Scott having to dispose of his father's body now, like I, I can understand that as it correlates. Cause there, there's like parallels between his, his childhood and Lisi's present with, mm-hmm. you know, the bodies and everything. Right. Uh, so I-, I, I, like that as a parallel or, as, um, um, way to kind of show them, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, though one thing that I I wanted to mention, or, or something that I didn't really think about until watching this final episode, but um, I understand that they have to cut stuff, and um, King isn't able to put everything he has uh, into the miniseries and everything. But something I really wish—I don't think—something I, I don't think was touched on in the show that I really wish was. Uh, was 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 um was to I, I something i really wish was incorporated into the show was the discussion of Lisey and paul or leeci and scott uh, not having kids mm-hmm. um because yeah. in the book like he explains like oh, i i can't have kids cuz cuz what if they have the same thing right um and they i don't think there's any scene of that um i don't think there was either yeah and i kind of wish that that had been in it because that that would make the, I, I kind of feel like the, the, uh, the kind of finally scenes, like scenes toward the very end, uh, that shows like Scott telling her like, oh, you're, uh, you're my love and everything and mm-hmm. you're my whole world and everything. I think that that would have given it more import because they literally are only have each other. Right. So I don't know. I, yeah. That's just
2: something I I kind of thought of. That's true. I hadn't yeah. thought about that really.
1: Yeah. Um, what else? What did you think of, um, you know, the rest of it?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the, the part where she is reading the last paragraphs Mm. or paragraph or paragraphs of her story, Mm -hmm. um, were really touching. And they, so that, that, those words and that, those moments jumped out a lot more in the series than they did in the book. Yeah. I thought that was really touching and, uh, it was a nice end cap for their, for their relationship mm-hmm. and and how well it worked. Uh, I feel like Julianne Moore and, uh, Clive Owen had great chemistry Yeah, throughout this whole, the whole series. And that was, uh, a, a nice, uh, conclusion for that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I appreciated the dialogue again, the visuals and the, uh, uh The kind of montage of mm. of their happy times together, yes, which is really—I I got a little choked up. Me too. Like I was—I wasn't about to cry or anything, but it was—it mm. was touching, yeah. which I was a little surprised that I didn't think I was going to react that way because I—I yeah. didn't—I didn't feel the closeness to them mm. or to their relationship as I was reading the book, yeah. um, but it was much more prominent in in the in the show, and mm. I was happy that that it that it was concluded so well.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, the whole, I mean, him, him leaving Bo- Boo Moon, him going into the pool and, and right. that goodbye scene, like as mm-hmm. fucking weird as it was to see him all shrouded in that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, just the dialogue there, the, the, the emotion of it was, was really, really mm-hmm. a, a good button on the show. Definitely. Um, the final thing, cause I'm running out of steam and I think we're running out of plot to yep. discuss, to discuss. I can tell you're like half asleep. I'm t- um, tired. I'm tired. <laughs> fading. Yes. But, uh, kind of the end, end of the show has a flashback of the girls. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, that hit me in a surprising way. Yeah. Um. Like them, like the flashback of them with the Hollyhocks, which is just this paper boat that they pretended to be on in, right. in their yard. Um. There's one line that I referenced on the Patreon thing, Patreon.com/slash viewer, But uh, young uh, oh God, what is what is Darla? Darla? Yeah. Uh, she says there's a sea monster, but me and Lisi and Amanda got through it. Um. Just like that simple line. I was mm-hmm. just like, oh my god, that is that's beautiful. That's yeah. that's their sibling sibling energy, their their quartet. Like I just <laughs> I love that. I loved it.
2: Totally. I liked yeah. it too, yeah.
1: Yep. Um okay, I think we've talked out Lisi's story mm-hmm. overall. I have one final question for you, Tiny. Okay. Uh having seen the entire miniseries now, does this do you think you will ever revisit the book no oh interesting i I
2: really don't i probably won't watch the series again either oh yeah um it was a good adaptation i don't think it would be like a top 19 adaptation okay maybe it's hard to tell i Mm -hmm. i'd have to look at the list of all the master we really need to do that episode we we do um totally but I, i i'm leaning towards it not being there even though i do think just for the visuals alone, it was amazing, and, yeah. and the great acting and, and solid writing. Um, I, I do think it's a very slow-paced story, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's not not a ton of progression. There's so much backstory. It's yeah. half, I'd say two-thirds of it is backstory, and mm. that can be laborious. Yeah, um, And it, it kind of was. It was very laborious in, in the book to the point where it kind of took me out of it. Uh, de- definitely took me out of it, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it, it was a little laborious at times in the watching the show, and, yeah. and I think it's it's just the nature of the story. It's not necessarily a flaw or a an error uh, in the writing or anything. It's just it's just mm-hmm. the way it's told, and it has to be yeah. told that way. And uh, it's it's just something you kind of have to get through or uh, experience, and and it's it, I think I think this show. Is going to be difficult for a lot of people, even people who have read the book. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be difficult. Um, and people who haven't read the book, I, I, I'm very curious to see how this lands with viewers. Yeah. If this, if this gets good ratings, or if it gets good reviews, I'm, I'm really curious to see because I, I have a feeling it's not going to be well reviewed yeah by critics or fans and that's a shame cuz i'm not sure it deserves it
1: yeah and and i think it's it's kind of interesting cuz this is something i tend to do with like stuff that we review and everything i haven't read any reviews for the season or for any of the episodes or anything okay i'm i haven't been like in tune with the you know the cultural conversation about it mm-hmm. but now that we have finished reviewing it <laughs> in <laughs> as much depth as we can um, I'm free to read reviews and, right. and listen to podcasts. Uh, that's that's not true. I did listen to, uh, Kimsey's reviews of the first two episodes. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. So so now I'm going to kind of. Check it out, cool. Um. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode of Tower Junkies and our coverage of Leesy's story, the novel and the show. Uh, look forward to when there's a manga and uh, comic series, and <laughs> I force Tiny to go on this journey again. Oh boy. Um. So we are uh, in the past now. Uh. You guys are in the future. We're releasing this next Friday as of this recording. After this, we are going to be covering Needful Things, the novel, and then Needful Needful Things, the movie. This is exciting because this is a listener, listener choice Mm -hmm. um, review double thing because I posted on Twitter, hey, what should we review uh, this year? And uh, you guys voted for Needful Things and then... Uh, also, Dreamcatcher, but that'll be later this year, probably, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, that's what's on the docket. And then, eventually, I think we're going to do a top 19 adaptations. Yeah. Um, mentally, in my head, I don't know if we can keep the week-to-week pace. But if we do, um, the first-ish week of August it will be, I don't know the exact date, but will be our, is this fucking true? The five-year anniversary of Tower Junkies. Oh,
2: wow yeah oh god dang
1: um so maybe we can commemorate that with our top 19 adaptations okay cool um so yeah so anyway that's that's uh that's all to come at some point but uh but yeah i hope that i'm gonna press the right button here but um that'll do it for this episode of tower junkies huh oh that's interesting i messed that up huh interesting okay that'll do it for this episode of tower junkies (laughs) um thank you guys so much for listening and for supporting us check out patreon and our other podcasts as well um yeah so having said all that thank you guys for listening long days and pleasant nights and may you have twice the number And now here's a short clip from our Patreon exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com/obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you so and enjoy. I was in whatever class that was. Okay. Um and the like uh, I um uh, <laughs> I really really had to go to the bathroom. Okay. Like been there. It was like I don't want to, uh, this is too gross. I don't want to say turtle head poking out, but mm-hmm. like, um, <laughs> mudslide imminent. Um, <laughs> Which unfortunately is the title of this Patreon episode. <laughs>
2: yes, it is. You have to do it now. God
1: damn it! You have no choice. Um, and like it was like it was like uh, like fight or flight yeah. response, right? And so this is in the middle of a presentation that someone's giving, Ooh. and so like it's like you can't interrupt the presentation, it's very like you can't. Yeah, it's very rude. And so I'm like, it's I, I'm I'm interrupting this one way or the other, and I would prefer <laughs> it not to be the other. <laughs> so one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: Tower Junkies is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to TowerJunkiesPod.com archive. You can also like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash TowerJunkiesPod and follow us on Twitter at TowerJunkiesPod. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is just a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at towerjunkiespod.com slash donate, or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our TeePublic store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at ObsessiveViewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at tpublic.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out ShocktoberinIrvington.com and for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to ObsessiveViewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find our flagship movie and TV review and discussion show, The Obsessive Viewer Podcast, at obsessiveviewer.com, and on Twitter, at ObsessiveViewer. You can also find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com, and ovanthologypod on Twitter. Finally, check out The Secular Perspective. Chinese Side Project Podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at TheSecularPerspective.com. Music for the podcast is provided with permission from Fingers T on YouTube. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at Facebook.com slash As Good As It Gets Band. Thank you so much for listening. Long days and pleasant nights. Kitty!